You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty. Uh, we are episode number 101. This is Precision Shooting 101. Greg, over there, how are you? Good, self. Good, mate. I thought I'd go with introducing you first up because uh, Andrew stole my spot last time. Andrew, how are you doing? That was all right until you just <laughs> cut me down then. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. sorry, man. Sorry. Well, um, you should feel feel better. Uh, we'll, we'll get into how everyone's doing, but but we, we put a poll out on Facebook about who should intro the show from now on. And I don't know if you guys saw the results at all. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew was watching closely, were you, Andrew? Yeah, I was trying to rig it somehow, but I'm too stupid with computers. So. <laughs> well, the, we sort of did rig it because uh, Facebook only lets us do a poll as a Facebook page for two results. So I did put on there that if you are wanting the man with the golden tonsils to do the intros, you need to make a comment. And we only got two comments, Greg. Good. <laughs> right, so it hasn't really taken nah, into your self-confidence. It's, it's, it's uh, your job. <laughs> well, uh, funny that because the results are in and the results went 30 votes in and the results are 50-50, 15 each. Except I, I looked a little closer at the results and uh, there's been some vote voting tampering because Andrew has voted. And I'm not sure that's allowed. You didn't stipulate that at the start. I'm, I'm not, not sure that's allowed. It's not, it's not, it's not, who did I vote for? You voted for me. Oh, well, there you go. You <laughs> so you have to strike that from the record, which means Andrew has come out on top with 15 results nah, to Andrew, nah, 14 to me, and two to Greg. That's basically unfair to the person whose vote you're striking off. <laughs> I'm quite okay with that. So uh, I look forward to Andrew doing all future intros from here on in. Okay, I'll do them. <laughs> he may regret it. <laughs> can't can't wait. So stay tuned for episode uh, one hundred and three <laughs> for that one. Actually, good. All right, gents. Uh, it's been ages since episode one hundred. How are you guys? Good. Yep. <laughs> yep. Is that is that all that you've done? That's all that we've had going on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Um, I'm still waiting for my thermal. Still waiting thermal. What are yep. you waiting for, Greg? Uh, I need a carbon fiber barrel. Okay. I'm waiting for one of them too. Good. And a set of range finding bombs. <laughs> <laughs> if any of our, our Just... Patreon sponsors are listening, they can send <laughs> those things through. Don't limit it to your Patreon supporters, mate. If you're gonna if you're gonna pick up some stuff. Whenever you knock one thing off the list, you add something to the bottom of it. So it's I, just... I usually find you add two things to <laughs> yeah, the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when one you step... buy when you buy a gun to fill a caliber gap, you actually create two more gaps either side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong at all. Uh, what what I remember from last episode was so long ago. Andrew, you were going on a fishing competition. I assume you won. Yeah, a, a bold assumption. <laughs> well, at least you won the vote. Uh, you won one thing. How did the fishing competition work out for you? I drank a lot of beer. So you won? Yes. That was the aim <laughs> of the competition. I got bitten by some big ants okay, and good. I caught a redfin. Nice. Mm. Good. So, and... yeah, let's move on. <laughs> right. Greg, you, uh, you, well, you went away on the weekend, which we were meant to go away, but yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, did a dads and kids weekend, so um, mm -hmm. just uh, took the kids out and just focused on them doing cool stuff outdoors. Outdoor so it's like motorbikes and fires and yeah, and yeah, it went really well. So, nice, yeah, sort of really nice weekend. You know what? I, I really like that you are so passionate about seeing that happening because uh, yeah, we need we need kids to be doing more of that outdoor gear, oh, don't we? Yeah, and they just once you get them out there, they just they just love it. They, mm. they might whinge in the car on the way out there, but once they're there. Oh yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, well, we were meant to be going, and uh, and I ruined my back, and it mm. all came to a halt on Friday night, and so I really, I really struggled to uh, to yeah be able to actually get there. And uh, my daughter, <laughs> I she said to her, "We can't go." She said, "I don't care." And mm. I thought, "No, you did." And then she saw some photos of yeah. the quad bikes and the trikes, and and she cared. 
yeah, definitely yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was a shame we couldn't get there, but no doubt a good thing and something I'm sure you encourage all our listeners to get out and do. That's it. Share with your kids. Share your knowledge. Share your love of the bush and all things uh, shooting and hunting. Mm. They love it. Well, I've been on the back of uh, a gun show pandemonium. Uh, I did my big big drive for, uh, from Adelaide to Perth, Perth to Melbourne and back to Adelaide, the three gun shows, and uh, it was, um, yeah, it was full on, but good. Just sort of, I guess, for people that don't live in Australia, that that's a long Long drive. There's a lot of driving. That's sort of east or west coast of the US and back pretty much, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I covered um, 7,500 Ks approximately, which is about a bit shy of 5,000 miles, mm. uh, 4,660 something uh, miles. 284 miles. 0.284. 0.284. Nice. So 4,660 and 7 mil miles. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, it was a long way. Um, I got told that the Nullarbor was horrible, by the way. Someone told me the Nullarbor was horrible. I quite enjoyed driving across that. Uh, I was by mm. myself um, and just cruised through it and it was fairly good. What was good about it? It was nowhere near as horrible and dead straight and, and boring as, as I was told it was going to be on the way over. And then I drove back. So similar to going to Darwin from Adelaide or? Uh, better, I think. Better? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Um, but then on the way back, it sucked. Yep. That was because you were heading towards Victoria at that stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some would argue that I was heading towards South Australia first. But, um, I like it, the, your way of th- seeing it. But no, on the way back, is seen it all. So it was it was. It was a bit more boring on the way back, to mm. be fair. So uh, whoever told me that the Nullarbor was completely boring and rubbish and full of nothing. Probably a truck driver that does it two times a week. Yeah, I was going to say clarify and just say on the second time you do it, it was terrible. But there's a there's a whole golf course along there. It's the longest golf course in the world. Have you been aware of that? Nah. No? Nope. Basically every town that you stop at has a hole. And so there's 18 stops along the way. I think mm. it was 18. And so from Sejuna to Norseman, there is uh, holes all the way through, and you take your golf clubs, and and away you go. You smack balls around all the way across the nullarbor. Yeah, right. yeah it good does. idea. Yeah, if I if I had more time and wasn't hightailing it across the nullarbor, mm. I I would have uh, probably not done it because I'm not good at golf. But <laughs> <laughs> if someone else was with me, that probably would have uh, would have stopped and uh, had a laugh. Yeah. There you go. I, if if I wasn't driving, it would have been every hole would have been the nineteenth. I reckon stop every time. <laughs> that would been far more interesting. And last week we recorded a podcast for the Honey HQ boys that you didn't become a part of, Craig. No, no, I was a bit crook. The old golden tonsils were uh, uh, playing up. but uh, Downgraded silver for the night, were they? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. think it was. I heard you just couldn't afford the fee, Sam. <laughs> no. Hey, it wasn't my podcast. <laughs> the boys were just in here using the room. So that was good. If you're, if you're not a fan of uh, – that sounds harsh – if you're not familiar with Honey HQ and you don't listen to them <laughs> regularly, you should. You should, and, and definitely that was a interview with a couple of really, really experienced um, hunters. And yeah, highly suggest you check out that one. It'll be up uh, probably about the time this podcast goes up. And yeah, check it out on Honey HQ as well. We also have some plans for some uh, crossover podcasts coming up, and we may still get that one around the fire that we recorded a while ago out again. Oh, my God. <laughs> was I, know, a while ago. I know. It was a while ago. I'm about to actually drop a podcast from nearly 12 months ago as well. Uh, I've had audio problems, and I can't fix them, but might just put it out there anyway because uh, me and Butters got into an argument. So that's uh, that's always amusing. <laughs> be good. Uh, what else is happening uh, in the next few weeks? There's a few matches on in the in the country. Uh, we'll get onto this, the club stuff shortly. But there's the um, Victorian Service Rifle Precision Service Rifle final Victorian match on next weekend or this weekend, which I was meant to be going to, and till my back probably won't handle a 16 hours of driving over two days in a match. So I, I'm not going. But it would be wonderful if you can get there, although I think it's probably close to full. And a couple of weeks after that is the PRS finale in Bucken in East Gippsland. At least it won't be cold this time. Yeah, we say that, but who knows? <laughs> it won't be as cold for sure. Uh, absolutely. It's uh, 
There is the Impact Dynamics calendar, which is listing all the matches. And I think uh, this weekend there's like three or four matches around the country, which is really good. But we will cover off on a few clubs popping up around there. I wanted to get a reaction out of you guys. I know you've seen this story, but um, but this this came out today. Um, whomever is uh, close by, do you want to do you want to give us a summary of this uh, news story that I think is really relevant to the shooting community? I think the general gist of it is uh, Bunnings, um, obviously Bunnings sausages are a, you know, a staple of most men in this country's diet. <laughs> for our for our overseas listeners, Bunnings is like a hardware sh- store. Huge hardware store. Huge. <clears throat> anyway, they the, the OH&S Nazis, I guess you'd call them, have decided that because the onions which they serve may pose a slipping, tripping hazard. Mm-hmm. You now have to put the onions on the bread first, then the sausages, instead of the sausage, then the onions. It's basically like yeah, sacrilege, really. It's bloody pathetic. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, I did see a good joke today. Only in the city. Only in the city. Uh, well, it'll it'll be national, that one. Uh, what do you call two pieces of onion on the ground at Bunnings? Pair of slippers. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> well played. Uh, yeah, no, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ah, this is our outrage. Andrew, any uh, any other comments on the, on onion falling on the floor and cheering against it? I've got a lot, but they're not really suitable <laughs> for... Uh, Give us a go. For, Give us a blast, mate. No, nah, because you'd just be bleeped out. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with that. A lot of Canada going <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think, you know, Bunnings are just a bunch of... It's <laughs> basically... <laughs> Stick a Canada on that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Well, that was uh, exciting. Um, Shot Expo. I don't know if you guys are caught up with what's happening with Shot Expo, but uh, I've heard a few contradictory things. But yeah. you might be able to be in the know. Oh, only only so much that the the guys who the group behind actually putting the event on Exhibitors Group have gone into liquidation. Um, won't speculate too much on all the circumstances because there definitely seems to be two different sides. But at the mm. moment, we don't know what's happening with the future of shot expos uh, in this country. Or people's deposits. Or people's deposits who are paid for that. Mm. Well, we do, do we do know what's happening with people's deposits is uh, they can follow through on the liquidators mm. and uh, and go through that process, mm. um, which is uh, potentially very disappointing. Yes, but the the show itself, uh, which is yeah, you know, I mean I've I've already got the ones written up for next year on my calendar. They're pretty pretty high point of the year for for me getting around the country. And, and you know, Greg, I know you usually make your way to at least one. Yeah, day. yeah, and they've been you know they've been going up in size over the yeah. last couple of years. It's been really impressive. So for this to happen, it's been a a really sharp blow in the guts. Mm. Uh, not just for Double S Double A because it hurts their brand, whether they like it or not. Yeah, you true. Because you yeah. know there's a stack of exhibitors that probably, you know, aren't making a ton of money mm-hmm. that are probably going to lose money and they're not going to be awfully quick to come back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's going to hurt them. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to hurt the turnout if any of these shows are cancelled. But I hope to see all the shows continue as normal. Yeah. You'd imagine, um, imagine someone would have to pick it up. Um, but like you said, Greg, there's mm-hmm. a lot of the smaller exhibitors that it's gonna may, may not get most or any of their deposits back and things like that. Yeah. They're going yeah. to be, I mean, and, I have no idea. a lot idea. of them have paid for more than one show in advance. That's all right. Not, yeah. not just. So, you know, you can understand show. and go, well, we're not going to fork out again. Mm. No, um, or, or if they go in these things, they ain't going to pay up till the day it goes off. You know? Yeah, well, to, to give uh, our, our listeners an understanding, a, a three metre by three metre stand at a show like that is about $1,700. Mm. And... A lot of people get multiple stands. Yeah, that's yeah. the smallest, exactly right. smallest stand you can get. It's a smallest yeah. stand, yeah. yeah. So I, I would normally, and for my little little brands, we, we would get about uh, two of those. Mm. So you're talking about 3400 bucks uh, per show. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's an interesting scenario that we find ourselves in at the moment. Uh, I, hope, I hope someone does pick it up. I hope uh, the, the shows do honour. Mm. You know, whoever picks it up is in a position to be able to give some relief to those who have paid deposits, uh, even though different entities, but, but you know, some goodwill going forward. And and we do see shows come back like that because uh, I think it's good overall for the industry. It's good oh, for, it's, it's been fantastic. Mm, good. Been watching it grow over the last few years where I've been 
more involved than usual. It's uh, been you, you would, good to see. You would think the SSAA are going to have to do something in this situation. They I, can't expect that a, um, an outside event management entity coming in is going to pick up the slack for nah. you know, lost deposits and that sort of thing. So They won't, well, they do, won't contract against that. Yeah, I do believe that the, you know, the brand of the, the show is still owned by SSAA, you would think yeah, so. Yeah. So uh, that, that would be my guess anyway. And... But you know, from a from a from an oh, that sounds wrong insider point of view, but from an industry point of view, the mm. connections that are made, the deals that are done there, oh, yeah. and, and from the from the meetings that happen over not one not just one show, but from show to show to show, you get to know these people, mm. and uh, and and there's been really good things that have come out of those interactions that have benefited the the average shooter. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's it would be really sad to to see that go. So anyway, a bit of laments for Shot Expo. We've usually done a you know, some updates around it or whatever it is. But, you know, at the moment, we don't know what's going on. I don't know. So on a lighter note, uh, Marika 30, mm. who you, you guys are probably familiar with, yep. I'm sure Greg, yeah, um, they released a podcast today. By the oh, did they? Yeah. yeah, righto. So that's good. Yeah, no, they're, they're a good crew. They're pretty knowledgeable. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Into the Mountains is one of, their, one of the guys' YouTube channels. He yep. does really good... Uh, YouTube videos on deer hunting sure. in New Zealand and Samba. Well, so. obviously they're also connected to Beyond the Divide, the TV yes, show. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, – I haven't got all the links and stuff. I'm sure we'll chuck them in the show notes, the links for the mm. podcast that they're putting together. They're putting together an audio and video podcast, yep. uh, which is cool. Uh, and which brings me to further news uh, – is that our our podcasts are going to turn into some video aspect? I know we we do have a YouTube channel. I've been ignoring it significantly. Uh, actually, I'm I'm going to put forward the reason. I'm up to a episode with connected to Butters, and I'm waiting on some footage for Butters, and I've been waiting on that footage. Gotcha, that name just keeps coming for, up for a while. What's going on there? And uh, and I'd I'd really like to see that footage to be able to put the next episode up. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um. But I'm sure as soon as I get that footage, then I'll be like 35 episodes that I'm holding it up for. But anyway, I'll get onto that. But but I, I've I've got a a camera coming that should be able to film us all going on. So that will be interesting to uh, to see, and uh, we'll be able to do little snippets and other bits and pieces. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we uh, we go. We'll mm. we're not we're not we we'll have a makeup department come in. Simo's doing makeup for us. It's a big job right there. <laughs> I might just operate the camera because I've... <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually off the camera. I've, I've got a face for radio. <laughs> a face so, for audio. For perfect for audio. So anyway, a little bit of that should be uh, should be good fun. So that's coming through. Have you guys heard of us? <laughs> oh, there's many appropriate jokes rushing into my mind all at once. But uh, I, don't I, to... I have never heard of it. So <laughs> please inform me. Right. Well, as far as I know, that's the probably incorrect pronunciation of the American Rifle Series. Us. Have you guys seen this at all? Clearly not. Let me bring it up. So the American Rifle Series is a uh, new rifle series kicking off in, in America. Funny that. And, you know, they're there to uh, take on the likes of the NRL and PRS and um, you'll be able to find them on Facebook, ARS or American Rifle Series on Facebook. It's probably my favourite Facebook page at the moment. It's my favourite Facebook page at the moment. Why is that? Well, for example, they're going through some uh, infographics for some of their rules. So muzzle brakes are illegal in the American Rifle Series because they're noisy, they cause accuracy loss, they kill the velocity, they look dumb and they... Uh, uh, they ask the question, are you an eight-year-old girl? Mm. And they, they want no muzzle brakes because it's pleasant to be around. It's a quarter of a minute all day long. It's an extra 10% feet per second. Looks heaps better and it's for real men. Right. Another example is when first round hits matter, don't trust your life to whiz-bang computers that aren't even close most of the time. Trust the only thing that matters, the ammo box. Just for another reason we require competitors to use factory ammo. Use all the data on the on the box is what you're required to do. It's, I'm just checking it's not April the 1st. The yeah. Was just, uh, and then uh, they've just announced uh, one of their big uh, Mastodon Sniper Challenge. 
the only person who hates you more than yourself is our match director, which I piss myself laughing at. <laughs> the world's first unlimited round count and unlimited stages match last team alive wins. Exact location will be unknown until 24 hours before match start. It will be held somewhere in Chicago. Expect to walk at least 60 miles with all the gear you need to survive. This will be a lost brass and lost shooter match. This is an outlaw-style match where you may have to trespass or steal to survive. No rules. Teams will be drug-tested at the end of the match, and it will count four points. Max distance, 130 yards. Uh, just going through a couple of the clarifications. Uh, denim shorts are a uh, instant disqualification. The question was asked, will we be receiving or losing points based on the drug tests? And the answer was yes. So for those of you playing along at home who haven't already jumped on your phone and looked up uh, American Rifle Series, it's a fantastic piss take. It's, uh, it's quite amusing. And, uh, and the, I think the, the funniest part of it is, uh, is all the people who sort of think it's a legit series and, yeah. and, and just the Asking, comments that it are made. Be, it should be. That challenge is yeah. red. That would be awesome. You're probably seeing red. <laughs> Over some of these uh, yeah, posts, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, the uh, the the so, final scores for a particular match. Uh, everyone plays first, and they're all on a hundred points. <laughs> Except someone came tenth, and they're on nine twenty nine point nine. All the names are piss takes, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite good fun. Quite good fun. Kestrels are illegal because you have to use BDC turrets. <laughs> So I can't wait to shoot in the American Rifle Series. I'm trying to hook up a match when I'm over there in uh, next year. We need to start the equivalent here in the Australian <laughs> Rifle Series. Oh, it can also be arse. Yeah. <laughs> you better get on to the uh, – get on to arse. Australian Andrew. Rifle Series Enterprises. There you go. <laughs> get on get onto arse. Sort of like the Australian uh, Space Research, um, whatever they were called. Anyway. Right. Oh, you don't know? Right. You asked me about this stuff. Did I? How drunk was I? I found the sticker, Australian Research and Space Exploration. <laughs> it's our new, uh, our, new our, our Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you want a little bit of a laugh, uh, check out American Rifle Series. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll become illegal in the, in the rules. No listening to podcasts or something along those lines. <laughs> Uh, it would be good, good fun. Clubs, there's there's more and more clubs popping up, uh, shooting practical rifle sort of stuff, which is good to see. Of course, we all know about Darwin. Butters. Need that footage, mate. And He's too busy killing cane toads with golf clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Milmerin and Darling Downs up in Queensland. Another one started in Queensland, Biggerton Rifle Club. I don't know where any of these places are. They're in Queensland, so just that narrows it down. Um, Queensland's not that big, is it? No, it's smaller than the ACT. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everything is next to each other. So yeah, anyway, you guys should should be getting to all of those matches if you live in Queensland. Silverdale in Sydney, for all those Sydney siders going, oh, where's our matches? Uh, there is a rimfire match that happens at Silverdale. Uh, that's, that's about all they can do at this stage. But anyway, uh, we've got our club is into our third. We had our third weekend here in Adelaide. At Monado, so uh, I highly suggest uh, coming along. If you are local, we're having an open weekend in December, first weekend in December. If you want to come and give it a go, it's a uh, club environment's really good fun, really good fun. So seeing all sorts of shooters, actually a lot of uh, country lads coming in, seeing it and going, oh, actually I don't mind this type of target shooting. Who are pretty, they, they rock up there to say, oh, I just want to, can I zero my gun? We're like, yeah, totally, mate, of course. Mm. And then they usually sort of hang around to see the comp, but they're like, oh, no, I'm not a comp shooter, man. I'm not interested in shooting, shooting mm. paper. You go, oh, it's steel. And they're like, yeah, but you know, just comp, yeah, I'm not interested in target shooting. Then they see it uh, in effect and they go, oh, when, when's the next time you're doing this? Oh, this, mm. this looks pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, make sure you get along. It's, when, uh, good. when Tika finally get their rifles into people's hands here, I'll yep. attend yep. one of the rimfire hey, shoots. Hey, there you go. What's the rumour there? Um, some stage in the next decade, we're expecting <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, before <laughs> I've already I've already got the rail and a replacement bolt shroud ready to go. Got the scope ready to go. Got the rings ready to go. I just it's all lacking, laid, lacking laid on the out rifle. On the bench. Yeah. Slacking the well, one little part of the equation there. <laughs> Good. Uh, the other one is uh, guys over at Little River. 
uh, in Victoria. Um, there is some talk of a club starting up there sometime in 2019, I believe. So stay tuned. We will definitely, uh, if you're interested in that, get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch with the guys over there who are putting that together. Hey, uh, Patreon supporters, how did you guys go tonight signing 40 uh, stickers? I got RSI. <laughs> Greg normally uses a stamp or has yeah. somebody do it for him, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So for our Patreon supporters, who I think can see us at the moment as well. Oh, um, God. Can't be anyone actually watching, surely. Probably not. Uh, let's, let's check in to see if they, see if they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, they can definitely, yeah, they can definitely hear us. So our Patreon supporters, we did tell you that there were stickers and mugs coming. Uh, we we decided for some reason to sign the stickers to ruin them for you. So we've uh, we've signed a bunch of stickers, and uh, they are on their way to you uh, tomorrow, probably. So um, yeah, you get a signed. We'll give you a couple of fresh ones so that you can sign them yourself, or copy our signatures, or just have a proper sticker without graffiti on it. But anyway, uh, so Patreon supporters, the other thing that happened on Patreon, though, uh, we did our impact reading. That's right. <laughs> oh, dear. We did. Uh, so for those who, uh, th- this is, uh, oh, Greg, do you want to give us a rundown of what it was? Yeah, so basically uh, we read, what was the book? Uh, impact, was it? Mm. By, what was his impact. name? Impact. Rodney May. Rodney May, bloody good book. And we completely ruined it by <laughs> drinking Way too much and then reading it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much over to you. But, yeah, damn good book. Mm. Um, well, if you want Completely ruined by us. Yeah, in conclusion. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think you really answered the question ever. <laughs> yeah, what was the question? I don't remember what the, the answer you, or the question you was. You put a copy of the book up as a prize for the best impact call that's oh, listeners that. submitted. I thought, I thought Is that what you're talking about? about? The, Not yeah. at all. But, uh, okay, that, well, <laughs> maybe I just – Greg yeah. was on the money. I missed it. <laughs> Yeah, he was on the money. Greg's always on the money. That's right. I'm the money man. (laughs) So we we did that and we put it up to our Patreon supporters. And so if you are a Patreon supporter, if you want to sign up, uh, you can do it. I have a little teaser for those who haven't heard it. This is is our (laughs) three-minute rundown of what happened. Actually, it's a 3.08-minute rundown. Must be good. How long did we actually read for anyway? Not telling. Four hours or something. (laughs) Felt like eight. (laughs) All right, all right, here we go. It doesn't say Pythagoras's. Oh, yeah, it does. Pythagoras's. He's not left handed, he'll get it. Made his way in. Welcome, Greg. Welcome. Finished counting your money. Yeah, it took a while. You want to jump in there, Andrew? I'll fire it up. You can go for a short run. No, I haven't thought about that. Or do a set of weightlifting. No. <laughs> or push ups. No, this is sometimes referred to as cross. Yeah. Cross. Cross wind. Cross wind jump. Let's rip it apart without all the facts. If you find your dry fire routine is getting a bit dry, ha 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 ha. Let's all get all hunting HQ on it. <laughs> I was going to say, you said he was Canadian. Yeah, he. Yeah, you know, Deadpool uses Canada as a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame Rodney for this. Oh, no, this, that's not his fault at all. That's uh, Wild Turkey Rare's fault. Wind. Uh, they, Pardon you. Oh, there is. You ruined it. The people oh, turned their page too early. Okay, Prematurely gone off with your impacts. Back it, back it up. Same reason you got lots of kids. Ninety degree wind at forty five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> this is something off Russell Coit. It really is. Remembering your holds, Australian shoot. Drink some beer. Yeah, it's a mathematical fact. Really, shut your pie hole. You'll oh, find out. I'll hmm. keep talking. <laughs> I just found blue tack in my hair. <laughs> Try again. Back it up a little bit. Beep. But if you don't have to move... Weapon manipulation. What I like here is directly quoted directly quoted The Sopranos. A first round a fist. the bolt handle. You make a let's fist try, around the bolt handle. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> You're fisting it. <laughs> you seriously don't know who Wyatt Earp is. You will need to make sure the brim doesn't get in the way. Yeah, right. It got in the way. <laughs> See, I'm more of a fat Val Kilmer fan. For more Come information... President Judy Podcast. <laughs> Are you reading English, American, or Canadian here? <laughs> I'm sending Snapchats to Fat Jesus, all right? This is what I do. Your goal should be able to drop. Oh, we've got like the reverse card in Uno. So yeah, we've gone yeah, back the other that. way. <laughs> to do this may give, I don't just saw economy, money, you know, I hesitate. Ka-ching, ka-ching. And a rear bag under the butt, for the butt. Struggling to get into <laughs> position. Oh, this is my got life. Shut off. <laughs> this is my life. Positional shooting tips for Andrew. Rod is summing up my life. Find it usually do not too 
<laughs> Most match directors cannot read the English language. You will get out of your practice what you put into it. I think I might get the paragraphs about slapping triggers. <laughs> you guys often rudely interrupt my Oh, shut paragraph. up, <laughs> I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm going to read this straight-faced without missing a beat. Good luck. That's good, Rodney. You've got the gold going on, brother. Yeah, you're not going to call an average cat with... Dry fire. Pull, observe, release, tap, squeeze, simple air. Impact. impact! Failure to extract and create an enormous impact. impact! Other variables such as gyroscopic instability caused by the wrong barrel twist, right? <laughs> what a beautiful segue. That's probably worth a drink. Did he put my name in brackets? Impact to that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. No, if you if you do want, it is quite amusing. It does go for about three hours, just over three hours. <laughs> so uh, if you do yeah. want to uh, jump onto that, that is on our Patreon supporter. Jump on there for a buck a month or two bucks if you want to watch our podcasts like some of our Patreon supporters are doing at the moment. You can see us. Hey, guys. You can see us live. Sorry? I can't believe people are watching us. I know. It's scary. But, you know, the government's watching us anyway, so, you know. They're probably it? the Patreon supporters. <laughs> what does it matter? Uh, we're on a watch list. <laughs> we're on all the watch lists. So, I, have you guys seen that Smarter Every Day video? Uh, obviously not. not. No, obviously not. All right. <laughs> so, not getting any smarter. I'm going to. I'm actually in the dumbening process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was sort of tapering off uh, as time goes on. Good. I'm going to play you this uh, some snippets from this video because I reckon this is pretty cool. Are you familiar with Smarter of the Day? Smarter. <laughs> Are you familiar? It sounds like a, a three-hour book reading. That's only one can. <laughs> <laughs> and a cider as well. <laughs> All right, have a look at this. That's pretty well, cool. That's pretty cool. So uh, to, to give our listeners a bit of an indication, that's a Smarter Everyday video. And if you're not familiar with the uh, the YouTube channel Smarter Everyday, it's a, a guy who is a rocket scientist called Destin. And he uh, does a lot of videos and he's, he's into shooting uh, as part of it. He lives in Alabama. So I think that comes with the territory. And he uh, does a... It's a video where they have a slow motion camera and they get, they're getting some really interesting, uh, with super stupidly slow motion camera, really interesting shockwaves uh, of the, uh, of bullets flying through the air. And, and so he does uh, some normal sort of stuff and then uh, changes velocity by changing cartridge and then does some subsonic stuff and, and starts to show the transonic uh, pattern that you see and then gets an expert in to talk about it and, does some other interesting bits and pieces. What do you guys think? It's pretty, it was interesting. I wouldn't mind watching the whole video. Mm. Mm, same, yeah. It was, it's really interesting to see it all sort of visualised so well. Yeah. Um, and, and really be able to understand, you know, often what you only read in theory. Mm. Yeah, it's a good video. Really good video. Yeah, highly suggest you guys uh, stop what you're doing, go and look at that video. I'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, yeah, you can see Smarter Every Day. In the, video. the video called Shockwave Shadows in Ultra Slow Motion, Bullet Schlieren. Is I think how you say that word? Yeah, so anyway, check that out. It, really fascinating video. I, uh, I've got something to show you guys. In that. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that many tr- uh, drinks. <laughs> In that cupboard there. Actually, it's not far off. Yeah, if you want to open that cupboard there, Andrew, and there should be a camo bag in there. That's the one. Behind the scopes. Behind the scopes. We've all got cupboards full of scopes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got factories full of them, haven't you? How's the acquisition of proof barrels, by the way, yeah, after our like, last looks, episode? Looks like a giant tooth. It's an udder. It's a, it's an that udder. is a bison tactical, tactical udder. Seen one of those? Yes. Nope. Yeah, yes. Now? I have heard of them. You have heard of them? Briefly. Yeah. So uh, There's a number of different companies doing similar kind of concepts, isn't there? Yeah, but not so much the quad stuff. So it's sort of like a, it's like two game changers, slightly smaller and next to each other. It does honestly look like an udder if you hold it up. Um, yeah, so uh, Fred over at Boston Tactical sent them over to... Uh, have a play with and move some on so you can get them at uh, scoped out and projectile warehouse. And uh, we are going to get Fred on uh, from Boston Tactical. 
I know he's a big supporter of the Precision Rifle Media podcast with Kirk. Uh, yeah, so it's something a little bit different. Interesting to, uh, to give that a run out, spotlighting off the back of the ute. Yeah, one of the things I think I, I like about it is because it's got like the four the four legs on it, 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 when you put it down on the bench, it splays out a bit and actually sits pretty mm. pretty flat comparative. It sits a lot better flat than, than some of the other brands. Um, and I'm, then still I'm, yeah, I'm thinking like it. on a you know a canopy, like a frame on the yeah. back of a ute or something like that. It's often difficult to get mm. a good hold on. Mm. Mm, absolutely. So anyway, something uh, something new in that I thought you guys might have. Like to have a throw at each other. Yeah, I'll just keep this one. That's fine. <laughs> Righto, no worries. We'll send you the bill. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So that's the uh, the tactical utter. Um, I had some questions. Uh, this is from a legendary country singer. Um, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Garth Brooks. Uh, I think his hit song, I Went to Bendigo, uh, is, is his most well-known track. Is uh, he from the Holland region of the world? <laughs> he is from Dutchland. Um, anyway, he baffles on in the email about some other I'm sure, I'm sure he's listening. I, do you want me to read he, it out? He waffles okay. on, does he? He, he waffles on. Hey, yeah. it took ages to get the O and R-Y out to become a legendary singer. Uh, Shannon Old tried and got booed off stage. I got asked to come back, but I had to turn it down because I already achieved greatness. At least I acknowledge it. Anyway, question about kneeling for the show. <laughs> yeah, I told you it was. Yeah, like, uh, yeah point, okay. taken. point taken. He waffled, uh, yeah. yeah. Should you quench brass in water after no. kneeling or let it cool slowly? No, you don't quench it. No. no uh, Next question. Um, <laughs> Cool. No, just joking. Cool. No, no, that's, that sounds good. Any any further reasoning there, Andrew? Oh, from what I've looked into, if you quench brass, it obviously changes the the structure, the grain structure mm-hmm. of but, it. And if you if you if you're heating the brass correctly and heating it to the right temperature in the neck shoulder area, and it's not heated too long, there's no need to quench it yep. because the the body and the head of the case doesn't reach a temperature where it's changing its grain structure to a detrimental point. Cool. So there's no need to. No need. No need. Uh, go on. He just scored a kneeling machine. Greg is only 44. I still can't believe it. It's the rest of his email. Yeah, I do look chewed up and spat out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go, Dutchie. Uh, Dutchie will probably go and make his way back onto the show. just had a baby. If you know that. Really? Just That's probably a, the, a world first if he actually had a baby. Yeah. That is doing all the work, literally. So do we have to send commiserations to him? Is that the... Right. Yes, uh, probably. He, uh, maybe you should read What's the that number impactful. what? 46. Two. Two. Number two. Yeah. Right. So he's not crazy yet. That's uh, not like Andrew crazy. Four. No. Nah. No. Nah. Very few people are that stupid. See, Greg, I'm just going with the theory that yeah, at least one out of four is going to succeed in a dramatic <laughs> way financially. To set you up for yeah. retirement. Yeah, that's yeah. right, correct. I still like your, your rationale about opening gates and holding spotlights. I think that's, that's uh, far superior. Yeah. I don't want to have to move. <laughs> <laughs> My seatbelt will not come off all night. You're just got to work on your girth and not leave the uh, leave the steering wheel. Or no, I don't rifle. even plan on driving, really. <laughs> I just want to sit in a passenger seat and shoot. And they can drive, dream, run the light it? and do the gates. Four of them. I've got to get mine active. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. We hijacked it with a bit of a chinwag. It's fine. Yeah, I, I don't remember what we're talking about. Uh, who is this? Questions. So, Questions. Questions. All right, Questions. Questions. Sorry, uh, Mitch Alderton. Mitch, uh, I, I'm really sorry. We uh, we got your question ages ago. Missed it. Uh, been slack on actually recording podcasts, and here we are. Here we are. So I was just listening to the podcasts on reloading. And I'm still learning. So this might be a silly question. No question is silly, just the people asking them. When or you answering got... them. <laughs> Actually, that's probably a fair <laughs> question. It depends who you're asking. Uh, when you guys lube the cases, do you apply any to the inside of the necks? This is a very relevant question, actually, because I just lubed about 400 cases before I came over tonight. That explains the smell. Yeah. No, mm. that, that, that doesn't. That, that explains other things. <laughs> 
But I guess in answer, in answer to his to his question, his question, yeah, um, not all the ones I've got swirling in my head at the moment. <laughs> generally speaking, it depends on the dye you're using. But if you're using a dye that has an expander button, then mm. yes, yep, because otherwise you'll tend to that will tend to bind and stick on the inside of the neck. If you're using bushing dyes and you're not using an expander button on your decapping rod, mm-hmm. then there isn't a real need to. There's no no point in it. Yep. But for the average set of dyes that you're going to use off the shelf to standard dyes, yes, you do. You do, yeah. Greg, any thoughts? I actually don't. Um, oh, controversial. Because someone else to do it for him. <laughs> I'm always living outside the square. Because um, your wife ain't let you I, I do stainless clean and the necks are pretty tidy, like they're not full of powder or mm-hmm. anything like that. So that it, the bull does – and, and I've got to also say that I am just mostly, mostly reloading for hunting, so yep. I'm not – not in the not pushing the limits of no. Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not looking for those mid-low single-digit SDs or anything like that. I'm just smashing them out so I can go out hunting. Yep. But uh, no, I don't do it. Um, yep. But I, I think with the stainless brass cleaning, I'm getting minimal binding in the necks with the yeah. expandable. Like it's definitely greatly reduced. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. But yeah. See, I don't think generally it doesn't need a lot. Like I, I did a set a big batch of brass tonight, and mm-hmm. I've just started using lanolin, like a spray, yep. uh, aerosol spray lanolin. Yeah. And it, um, I basically have like a bucket dedicated for the process, so it's clean and you know no mm-hmm. crap in there. Yep. But basically, like a fairly, fairly light spray over the brass, and then just sort of agitate the whole lot together. And when it dries, you, you, it's a very, very thin film, and obviously mm. you only get a very small amount yeah. in the in the the neck inside of the neck. Yeah. Um, and I found that that's been no no issue. Yeah. Yep. And I do it with all my brass. Mm. I mean, the, the stuff I was doing tonight was all just two two three and three oh eight. Yep. And I'm not yep. using bushing dies with either of those. Mm. Um, but. After lubing and sizing, I give them a quick tumble anyway. So getting yeah, all the lube off the cases inside yep. and out before they get, yep, you yep. know, primed and and filled with powder and seated with a projectile. So yep. yeah, it's I a bit know. of a long-winded process. Like it's it's triple mm. handling things, but you know, I just I like to keep the dyes clean. Basically, yeah, I don't like yep. any sort of carbon going into the dyes. Yep. So, mm. Mm. There you go, Mitch. Hopefully that was worth waiting for. Um, I think he messaged us a couple months ago. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, sorry, we, we will try and get back on the messages. Uh, quicker than that. Quicker than that. Gents, I have a decision to make. I have a decision three to make. <laughs> three right. <laughs> three right it is. Done. Move on. My decision is all based around uh, stock or chassis for this new build. Stock or chassis. Night rifle, yeah. No, no, this no. is my PRS. Back this to the PRS. The night rifle is getting a a Bravo, KRG Bravo on it. Right. That's the yep. plan for that. Because that's a bit of a hybrid, uh, which is probably relevant to the discussion. It's a bit of a chassis, bit of a bit of a stock, and it sort of mm. sits in between. I think as a night gun it would be really uh really useful. It's quite grippy. Um yeah. So that that's that's that one. Uh, but in terms of a the PRS rig. Stock or chassis? Any initial thoughts, gentlemen? Because I know uh, Andrew's probably a little bit more of a stock guy. Yeah. And Greg's running a chassis. Oh, I've got a bit of both. A bit of both. But um, I sort of like both. Yeah. Except I've got to say my chassis are probably a little bit more on the heavy side than my stocks. Okay. So I'm starting to get a little bit more weight conscious uh, these days. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. And... Uh, the yeah, and the the manners. I've got a manners T three from a while back. I really like mm-hmm. that stock a lot. Yep. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of still on the fence. I'm on the fence. I'd have yeah. to say I'm I'm hard to go either way. I'm bloody testicle on either side of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I I think it's one of those things. Like I'd probably prefer stocks, um, traditional I guess type stocks rather than chassis. Yep. I I have used a number of different chassis, mm-hmm. and. I I probably haven't persisted with them as much as I could have. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I just find a lot of, you know, the sort of the modern design stocks to be 
more comfortable. Mm, And I know a lot of the modern chassis, which I haven't used, are adjustable and, you know, customizable to the nth degree. So, you know, guys that are really getting serious can can trick up a chassis so it is just like a glove for them. So I think then it just becomes a matter of what you like, really. Mm. I mean, because, you know, like a lot of the chassis are not light. So it depends mm. on what your consider, consideration yeah, is there, but yep. you're not lugging it around too far generally on a PRS shoot. Nah, just have a slave do that. Um, the the stocks to bring it down to to really specifically what I'm talking about because there's only a couple of considerations either side. If it's a man, if it's a stock, it's a manners, uh, and that's uh, one of the PRS models. Um, I don't remember. I've got one of them, and I don't remember which one is two. I think. If it's a chassis, we're either looking at the MPA, Masterpiece Arms, uh, the BA competition one, or we're looking at the KRG uh, Whiskey. Harbu. No. No, I'm, I'm not bad guy money. I'm not a, not quite as a, well, un- unless I can steal Danny's from Delta Tactical, unless I can steal his. Danny. You could. Mm-hmm. Just, um, you're looking a, bit, a little bit perplexed there, Greg. That chassis, the one we're just talking about. Mm. It's about like I think it was thirty six hundred US. Yeah, so that's about twenty thousand Australian dollars. At the <laughs> I like moment. he's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was more perplexed when he was referring to himself as we. We are looking at this stock, and I just thought, <laughs> Re- did referring I? to himself yeah. in the third yeah, person. Yeah, in the third person, I'm sort of see, thinking, Jesus, you've gone over the edge, mate. See, the thing <laughs> is though that that this has been <laughs> such no, a. No, we haven't. <laughs> no, we haven't. We are fine. <laughs> I feel so at one with our listeners, and they've they've had such input into uh, into the decision making of this uh, this build. So this is like a collective we yeah. with all the people listening, and, and, and they feel at one with you guys too. <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Did I, uh, anyway? Okay, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, this that's the Harbour chassis, which I'm sure Greg probably invented that one. Looks pretty like, good. I must have make the most expensive chassis you can and give it to me. Is there <laughs> lots of fibre there? Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, Harbu what's, chassis. What's the uh, base weight of the chassis? Three grams. <laughs> Looks pretty. I don't, it's not super light. I mean, it's got no, titanium no, there's, there's and plenty of weight there, but... unobtainium and there's something else in there. <laughs> yeah, unobtainium. Burger yeah, bullets. when we designed it, we... <laughs> made, uh... made of burger bullets. <laughs> yeah, made of burger bullets. <laughs> Cost a fortune. <laughs> and you can't get it. Yeah. It is 3.6 pounds. Yeah, so that is pretty light, isn't it? It is light, but yeah. it's not, yeah. not featherweight. So, uh, that, where, what where, where barrel is that on that picture? <laughs> My God. It's yeah, a, an a expensive hex- one. Yeah, and a hexagon bloody truck axle. Carbon fiber. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is too. It is. It is. Uh, anyway, so we've, we've gone off track somehow. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's all carbon fiber. And- well, we've solved the question. That's the, that's the chassis you need. Yep. <laughs> All right, so if my budget didn't stretch to that, which it doesn't, uh, what what would we be going? Because we were looking at the uh, the Masterpiece Arms. Um, I put a P in Master for some reason. I still put a P in Master. That doesn't sound right. Depends what you're talking about really, doesn't it? Yeah. So these are... An easy. It's an easy. Wow. That's an interesting... Interesting option. Right, so that's that's one uh, one of them. There is the competition uh, the BA. It is ugly though, isn't it? What's going on with that pistol? That's grip? a mirror, Andrew. Oh, I was looking at you. <laughs> this is a whiskey three, uh, which I think they've got a, an enclosed front front bit on now on the Gen six. There you go. Enclosed for him with machine. Machined thumbscrew kit. Yeah, that's the MPA. There's all sorts of bits and pieces on this. So the thing I've noticed about the chassis is that they, there's lots of sort of innovation on them. So this has got like adjustable sort of uh, options for your magwell and all this sort of gear for your height and for your, for your uh, depth and bits and pieces. And then and then the, the KRG's got lots of sort of options of bolting on stuff and bits and pieces. Whereas a Manners is obviously a lot more generic, although in recent times you've got the ability to get like an arc rail on the underside. And, and, mm. and prior mm. to that, I was really set on an MPA or something on those lines. 
but to I'm so familiar with with Manus stocks and with with stocks in general. I feel really comfortable with them, and I can now pick up a, an area four one nine um, Arca Rail kit for it and and run an Arca Rail on there and sort of achieve or tick that box. And I'm just I'm thinking I'm sort of swinging back towards that now because yeah this stuff is cool I like the chassis but I'm I'm really familiar with running stocks and and the the balance of them the weight of them the the feel of them and and I think it would be take me a bit to get used to these although I'm sure I would. Greg, you you transitioned to a chassis your your main night gun. <coughs> yeah. What's your what's your thought on making the big switch? Well, that was mainly driven more about um, all the stuff I had to hang off the gun. Yeah. More yeah. than shooting comfort and accuracy and all that sort of stuff. It was more about how I had to hang recorders, extra mm. batteries. Mm. Rangefinder. Yeah, rangefinder. The wallet. Radius. Yeah, bloody wallet. Well, <laughs> more weight on the front to balance my wallet <laughs> in my pocket. Counterbalance there. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. um, so it, it was for me more about accessories than it was practical shooting, I guess. Okay. Um, I do still, I, I think I, out of my guns in my locker, I probably favour my Manners okay. stock T3 okay. over the uh, chassis. Right. Uh, which is yeah, a… Your chassis MD, is an MDT, isn't it? Yeah. EWS? Yeah, yes, correct. Okay. Um, I still really like it a lot over the, um, you know, the factory stock of course yep. Yep. uh it's it's a it's a good chassis i, I do like it um but yeah i'll, I'll probably favor the well I'll definitely favor the manners over that okay well it'd yeah. be interesting to see um because <clears throat> this light rifle that i'm building up for use with the thermal mm -hmm. that's on a, on a manners ultralight manners stock now obviously i'm the thermal i'm waiting on has you know has the rangefinder built into it mm -hmm. it has you know batteries as integral, yep. So I don't need to hang anything else off the gun. Uh, my thoughts are that's going to be probably more practical and more comfortable to use than the, the uh, setup that Greg's currently got. Yeah, my my yeah. a freaking ton. Yeah, but the MDT is not not a light chassis, is it? No, and and I'm I am running a varmint in it, like a standard T3 varmint in it. And yep. overall, with with my thermal, which is Pretty big compared to the new oh, models. They need to show off, mate. Yeah, well, you know, um, two ants. And um, <laughs> for beginners. <laughs> and every, everything that's internal to the new ones is external on mine, sort of thing. So okay. it's a lot of weight, a mm. lot of weight. Um, I can't really hold it up with one hand away from the body. Stay what? Back, back on the chassis, mate. Yeah, oh, two two hands. <laughs> See, this one said two hands. But anyway. Somebody's yeah, going to steer this in the right direction, but. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, but I, Dutchie's not here. <laughs> he'd just be singing Garth Brooks songs. <laughs> Slim Dusty. Um, I borrowed Slim Greg's Dutchie. rifle for for a night and took it out, carried it around, and I I was on foot. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, again, you know, mm. you, it's it's heavy. And if you're walking four or five k's, yeah, with it, it, yeah, especially in the hills, you you feel it in the lower back. And but once you plant it on the deck, it's such a stable platform. It's great yeah. to shoot from. But yeah, it's just lugging it. Just lugging it. That's all. I haven't. I haven't. You haven't turned me one way or the other. I think that you know the ability to the ability to hang stuff off it is useful. But I just with the fact that I can get an arc rail and a barricade kit and all that sort of gear from from Manners, mm. um, I'm, I'm a bit stuck on that. You know, it's adjustable and yeah, it fits look, me. I, and I don't think. Well, personally, I don't think you know you. you going to miss out on anything by going with the manners mm. you I said you're not you know not hanging an external range finder off of it no you, you've still got your method for attaching a bipod yep a tripod so you've got height and length of pull adjustment uh haven't got length of pull adjustment although i'm pretty comfortable yeah. with the length of pull that it, but that i mean it you, is. you could well, extend the plates on the button yeah plate. they unless they're set up for that though right yeah, yeah i mean that but as an option sure you know so sure. You can tweak them so they fit you well. Yeah. And yeah, they just, I mean, not only just carrying a traditional stock, you know, if you're sort of walking and cradling it in your arms or whatnot, it, to me, it's more comfortable than a chassis. Yeah. You always find the sharp edges, not sharp edges, mm. but more angular. Mm -hmm. They yeah. tend to dig in. Yep. I agree. Okay. All right. 
All right, so it seems that we're fairly biased towards the uh, towards the stocks. We're going to go. Oh, go, Andrew. Yeah, I look, chassis are like, they're functional and whatnot mm. as well, but it does seem that in recent years they've very much become all the rage. You look at how many mm. companies have released rifles from the factory in a chassis of some variant. Yep. And, you know, it's satisfying market demand. Now, some of that demand is purpose-driven and others it's just people like the look of it. Sure. And, you know, it is what it is. Mm. If you like the look of it, you like the look of it. But, you know, if you're building a gun that, you know, is primarily functional, you, it looks have got to be got to be part of it, of course. But mm. Um, mm. I think also, you know, it's the old fit like a glove. You know, what, what sort of stock fits you like a glove? You know, if you're doing like instinctual type shooting or, you know, snap type shooting, it really needs to fit you like a glove. Yeah, you if can't it does, be, you just can't. You can't be fiddling with it when you yeah, throw it at your shoulder. Yeah, you can't yeah. be adjusting what's at your shoulder. It's got to feel like pointing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably comes a lot down to what you can achieve that with for you. Mm, sure. Um, with probably a bit of the weight side of things as well. But, yeah, I think – for me, anyway, that's I can I can achieve that with a stock and have plenty of times yeah. in the past. Mm. I haven't really achieved it with the one chassis I've owned. It's I've only owned one, so um, yep. I don't have vast experience there. But yeah, yeah look, I know guys that, that run the the chassis and even like the whiskey threes and love them absolutely. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. Them. So plenty of them out there. Um, you know, it, it's not like you. It's an inferior option. It's just what you prefer. Well, mm. let's uh, let's put it out there to the collective we. And uh, this this episode's would you rather? I'm gonna keep it nice and simple and not super controversial. Is stock or chassis for a PRS build gun? And why? And why? And why? And your reasons why? Yeah. yeah. Tell us. Tell us why if you've got reasons. If you can think of more, particularly for the chassis guys, like tell me why. Don't feel like breaking the song, but I'll leave that to Dutch. Um, He's off to Bendigo. <laughs> We are all off to Bendigo on the right day. And, yeah, tell us why. Tell us what's happening with uh, whether you like chassis stocks, whether you switch between the two, what you use. Uh, we'll go on Facebook for that one. But, uh, yeah, hit us up with that. That would be brilliant to know. And uh, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to make a commitment next episode to go one or the other. Yeah. We'll change your mind regardless of what you do. Yeah. We'll convince you after you've ordered it that was the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, like you ruined my uh, plans for Calibre. How did I ruin that? Just build a 416 SOCOM like I did and be done with it. (laughs) Tell me about that 416 SOCOM that you brought along for us to have a look at I haven't shot it yet. I haven't shot it yet. But no, it's a 458 SOCOM neck to 416. And so tell us what a 458 SOCOM is. Well, it's a necked up 416 SOCOM, isn't it? Exactly. (laughs) Don't know why I couldn't think of that myself. No, it's, it's basically a short, fat, cartridge designed to fire big heavy bullets through an AR-15 platform. Right. And I built it on a bolt gun, of course, because we've got pathetic gun laws here. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, everyone else is doing standard 458, so I'll do it as a 416. Why not? Yeah. There's lots of reasons why not, but <laughs> I went with it anyway. Good. So, you know, the intention will be to use 450 grain boat tail hollow point Hornady projectiles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So what, you're shooting rabbits? Yes. <laughs> Very expensive rabbits. Well, Go, we, can we, I come? We've done a little bit of... A little bit of uh, Greg heard the word expensive and he's like, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Solid gold projectiles. <laughs> yeah, gee, the hole was that big in that barrel. I thought it was a muzzle loader for a second. <laughs> well, I thought it was a 2D3 and then looked at them and went, oh, this is not your 2D3. No, no, it's not. Hmm. But, yeah, so we've done a little bit of quick load checking with it and I think we should be able to get about 1600 feet a second yep. out of it. What's so, the what's the bolt face on that? Is it 308? Is a 308 bolt yeah. face? Yeah. So okay. that gun is actually going to be the be the lightweight gun that'll just be a switch barrel so mm-hmm. when I feel like being stupid I can put that barrel on there and away we go. So <laughs> And what do you do on the fiber barrel in? You doing 308? Eh? 308. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any That's other kind nice. <laughs> Don't apparently, don't start apparently. that. Don't yeah. start that this late into a podcast mate. Yeah. We'd be here for hours. Oh, good. Excellent. Well, that might about wrap up. I've only got one more thing to ask you, gentlemen. How are those new chairs going for you? Comfy. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. We've got, we got new chairs for uh, this episode. 
you know, we've clocked over a hundred. We thought we'd lash out and buy some chairs rather than the, uh, the tipped up, uh, milk cartons that we were sitting on before. Good improvement. I'm not getting milk on my ass anymore. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to go elsewhere for that, mate. Pay for his house. There's a few jokes there, but I'll leave them alone. Uh, you have to go to the Australian Research and Space Exploration. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave my ass alone, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on uh, on that note, we shall uh, say goodbye. Goodbye. Ta-ta. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.